Welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. The goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that get us thinking, get us feeling, get us imagining, get us connected, and get us doing something. I'm Lori Fitz. I'm your host today. <laughs> I'm your host with all of our connection shows. But today is a special day where uh, we're all kind of sitting on the edge of our chair. We've got the vote coming up. Well, and some of us have already made the vote. I did my vote on October 1st, so my voice has been heard. And I hope each of you listening right now have made a plan for your voice to be heard, for your vote to be made. And after our vote is made, we need to use our voice to support others, not only to get others out for the vote, but this is a really important time for allyship. When we had Floyd George murdered and we had multicultural, multigenerational uh, people who, who, who mo- were motivated by their heart to have their voice be heard, we came together. And this is another time where as we approach this election, we need to come together. So I'm asking you to be thinking about your voice, your vote, and your allyship. And our show today is co-produced with our Connections community partner, the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment, RISE, a perfect partner to have on our show today. We have as our co-host the Advocacy Director, Asma Mohammed, and we also have Aisha Abdaluhi. Uh, Abdalihi, is that correct? Did I do that right, Uh, Aisha? uh, Abdalahi? Abdalahi, yes. Abdalahi, there we go. There we go. Thank you for teaching me, and I will continue to learn and continue to work to make sure that I I, um, I honor your name because that is important. So our show today is sponsored by Clockwork, and it's important to know that RISE's mission is to amplify the voice and power of Muslim women, and they do this through storytelling, leadership development, and civic engagement. So we're talking about the 2020 election, and it's only three days away. How are you doing, Asma? I am very nervous. I think that everyone who has anxiety has probably seen a spike over the last several weeks, months, days. Um, And I'm I'm definitely feeling that. But I... I'm ready to get people out. I um, have made a commitment to help people get to the polls if they need to over the next few days, um, you know, get people all of the information that they need. And luckily, I work at an organization that supports that as well. So I think in my, my personal life is very much related to my, my work life right now in that all of it is focused on making sure that people's voices are heard the same way that you voted on October 1st. I want people to have that experience and feel a sense of relief when they get to do that. Um, but what about you, Aisha? How are you feeling? Um, I think anxious, but hopeful, um, to say the least. I think the anxious is just like definitely that anxiety and the fear that comes with, um, such important and intense elections like this one. And then just trying to stay hopeful so that I can carry some positive energy, um, coming into this election and carrying it out, um, till the end. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a scary time. Um, but mm. I know, Lori, I know that you said you voted already, and there are people who unfortunately are thinking that their vote doesn't matter. Um, what do you two think? I mean, why is it important to get out and vote this Tuesday or already? I right. mean, I will note that, you know, we only have a couple of days <laughs> to early vote, but why is it important to get out there to you, to vote, to the both of you? I'll let you go, Aisha, and then I'll, I'll follow. Um, to me, I actually voted as well. I went in on Monday to drop off my ballot, but it was important to me because I I'm from like a first generation immigrant family, and so to see them strive and come here and do everything they need to to make sure that they're able to raise a family. Um, some people don't have that opportunity. And some people are struggling. And so for me, it's important to vote because it gives us that voice and that power to determine our future. 
And I want to see a future that is inclusive and representative of our communities, which have diversified so much over the last decade. And being able to give those people those same opportunities and hope that I am able to attain is just um, something that drives me to vote, but also making sure that my community and our communities are able to continue to succeed and break generational curses. And so there's lots of reasons, but I feel like those really keep me motivated and continuously help me um, get to the polls at the end of the day. How about you, Lori? Well, for me, it gets down to what Biden has been saying in terms of hope versus fear. And like you, I want to have hope, but I will admit that there is plenty of fear that it's, I'm like at 51 percent hope, but there's this backlash of fear that you know feels like aftermath of you know PTSD of, of 2016, and and so I choose hope and hope is translated into my vote you know hope needs to be translated into action there needs to be something that gets done and i i vote every every election i am i'm one of those folks that really believe that you know it's so important that i do everything in my power in this um society to you know be part of the government government i i am i am we the people and I, I take it very seriously that I have a civic responsibility to share my voice as part of We the People. And and I try as much as I can for folks that seem to feel like it doesn't matter or you know, there's this apathy, there's this almost learned um, depression, <laughs> a learned helplessness that the vote to me gives me um, – it makes me not helpless. I am not helpless. I have a vote, and with one, there are many. You know, we can have more people vote and and be heard. And I feel like the last four years, there's been a lot of suppression of voices, and it's time mm-hmm. to turn that around and and have voices be heard. And and that's why it's yeah, important to me. Absolutely, and Lori. When you say the last four years, there's been voter suppression. Oh, I mean, yeah. we've seen that yeah. in the last four days. <laughs> yeah, four days. So, and, yeah. and, and, and in many so ways, scary. the last, you know, 200 and some years, you know, there's been voter, Absolutely. But more blatant in the last four yeah. days, just out there. Absolutely. Completely. So, yeah. Not for even hiding. don't know. Yeah. For folks who don't know, um, previously, as long as your mail-in ballot was postmarked by Election Day, it would be guaranteed to be counted. It's and on. Now, it's on your ballot. Yeah. It's. On, I had the yeah. mail-in ballot. It said, you know, I could, you know, as long as it's, uh, make and sure for that people it, who are not listening to the video yeah. or like watching TV or on Twitter, or Facebook, they're not going to know this information. And so to do it in the last week before the election, it was very I mean, disappointing. Had to be carefully planned in Minnesota. I mean, it just hurt. I mean, it yeah. just keeps it, it just keeps coming. The hits just keep. Yeah, coming. I mean, we pride ourselves mm-hmm. on not being Wisconsin, but mm-hmm. here we are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> By the way, here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's hard. So, I mean, people. I mean, Aisha, what's your recommendation to people? What should people be doing right now um, with their ballots if they have them still? Yeah. So, if you have a mail-in ballot. Um, there's just a couple of changes now to your plan. Um, essentially, if you're planning on dropping it off at an election office in person, please make sure you drop it off by 3 p.m. on election day. Um, if that is not something that's going to work for you, I think um, you should be able to uh, dispose of that ballot and then vote early in person at your local election office. Mm-hmm. Um if you did end up mailing it, it's important that you check because it has to be at the polling offices by 8 p.m. on Tuesday. And so um, there's, I think it's just being really vigilant and aware of what is happening. And if you don't know, to make sure that you are doing your best to figure it out um, before November 3rd. But so essentially, it's dropping it off by 3 p.m. at a polling site um, or going in and voting in person um, so that your ballot is actually counted at the end of the day. And if someone has asked for an absentee, but they haven't sent it in yet, 
you know, should they bring their absentee ballot with them? That's exactly what we're talking about. So you should, if if you'd like, you can vote absentee and then you can bring that ballot to a drop-off location in person. Mm -hmm. Um, And all this information, you can find your drop boxes at mnvotes.org. Very simple, Mm -hmm. mnvotes.org. You can drop it off in person. And the other thing Aisha was saying is, if you want to bring it in in person, it has to be there at three by three p.m. on Tuesday. Otherwise, what? if you mail it in, it should it has to be there by eight p.m. or else it's very likely it will not be counted. What if they've lost? They've requested it, but they don't have their ballot. Can they um, still vote? You can go. Yeah, you can go in and vote early in person. But the whole point of people, you know, requesting absentee ballots during a pandemic was so they wouldn't have to go in. Right. Um, and all you have to do is certify in front of your election judge that you disposed of a ballot or you lost it um, or you just mm-hmm. don't have access to it. I, I mean, as yeah. long as you have not voted yet, you're okay. Um, um, actually, I just wanted to add. Uh, actually, yesterday I heard from a friend parent that their ballot was not counted and so they had to go in and they decided to vote in person a second time so i've heard a couple people that um either their ballots weren't counted or were um there was some issue with that and so they were unsustainable and things like that and so at the end of the day it's really important to check on your absentee ballots if you did mail them in and Mm -hmm. see so if that's the case you can still go in person and vote um, by November 3rd. And with yep. that... And mnvotes.org. mnvotes.org. Very important to go check on that. With that, we, we need to go to break. Uh, but in our next segment, we're going to be um, taking a look at how important it is for the um, local elections. We The, the president gets a lot of uh, play in these elections, but there's a lot of good things and important things that happen in the local level that we need to be aware of and make sure that our voice is heard. Do you feel locked in negative cycles? It is so easy to slip into autopilot and not even realize the role we play in getting stuck in unhealthy patterns. My name is Beatrice Adenuti, and in my book, Mindless Behaviors, Breaking Through Unseen Barriers, I discuss thought-provoking viewpoints on approaching problems. You'll learn to unblock areas of your life that feel cluttered and enhance the God within. Through exploring seven different stories through the lens of mindless behaviors, you'll discover that changing your life and the way you perceive it will basically give you the power to change it forever. Order your copy today at www.mindless-behaviors.com and click on the book buy-in link. And as a thank you, if you pre-order your copy by October 1st, you receive a special gift. Don't miss a chance to change your life for the better. Order your copy, Mindless Behaviors, Breaking Through Unseen Barriers, today. Hi, this is Chad from AM950. With the recent round of storms that came through the Twin Cities, some of you may have sustained damage to your roofing, siding, or windows. Call Snap Construction, the company we trust, to see if you sustained damage. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, and window company in the metro. Ryan, how are you able to help people that may have had damage from these storms? Well, Chad, with experience, we've helped thousands of Minnesotans with their storm damage claims. If you suspect your home has damage or was denied in the past, give us a call for your free inspection. It can take up to a year for hail and wind damage to reveal itself. The insurance process can be complicated. We make it easy. We use the same costing software that all insurance companies rely on. As always, we stand behind our work with a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee. Don't wait. Call us for your free estimate or inspection today. 612-333-SNAP. 612-333-SNAP. Clockwork is an experienced design and technology agency, which means they help transform businesses around the globe by connecting people, processes, and technology. They bridge the gap between marketing and technology to put people at the heart of digital solutions, transforming how your customers interact with your brand. Clockwork's technology consulting, experienced design, and software development expertise makes them a full-service digital partner to help you design your customer experience, build an app, or connect all of your digital properties into one seamless system. If you're in need of major tech updates but aren't sure where to start, they'll help you figure that out, too. To learn more about how they've helped other businesses make digital transformation less painful, 
Visit clockwork.com slash radio. Clockwork, digital done right. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and I am drinking Camilla tea. <laughs> you can buy tea and coffee as part of a fundraiser for Biden and Harris, and I have been drinking my Camilla tea for the last week as part of my dealing with anxiety. Oh, it's been a wild, wild last four days, hasn't it, my friends Asma and Aisha, who are our co-hosts yes. today. Uh, Asma Mohammed is our advocacy director for RISE, which is the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment. And we also have Aisha Abdullahi. Welcome. Awesome. Thank you. We're happy to be here. So you guys are coping? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and as we get closer to the end of our, our time here, I, want, I do want to talk about hope. Yeah. But before we get to that, I know we wanted to talk about local yes. races yep. and the importance of of those in in this election cycle. So in the in the end of the last segment, Laura, you mentioned um, people really do focus on the presidential, and of course, that's the the largest office there is. But why is I mean why do pe- why do you think people don't focus on local as much? For me or Aisha, either of you. I mean, Aisha, go ahead. <laughs> um, Sorry. Uh, for me personally, I realized that local election does not get as much media attention as presidential election does. And That's so true. when there's constant buzz and talk about presidential elections, it is able to reach more people and intrigue a lot more people um, in the conversation and things like that. Whereas when it mm-hmm. comes to local elections, um, People don't really know their candidates or don't really know much about the importance of local legislators and kind of um, overlook it or brush it off as something um, not as important as the presidential elections. And I think that's what's um, impacting our communities a lot. Mm-hmm. I also Definitely. think that we've become a society that, that likes our cable news and mm-hmm. cable news, wherever you fall on the spectrum, um, provide more to the national skew to national. So I think we become better informed nationally. And I think it takes good local radio like AM 950 and others to to dig deeper and and to pay attention to what happens in the local and and to push ourselves to realize more and more. And part of it is – we dismiss it as like, well, yeah, that's local. Like it's not as important and and I'd like mm-hmm. to turn that upside down and go, yeah, it's the most important actually is at the local. That, yeah, that's it where is. I mean, it. that's, I mean, we're seeing things. If you think about Islamophobia on a national scale, like you see real big pieces uh, or like big executive orders like the Muslim ban, one, two, three, four, whatever they're on at this point. You see those, right? Mm-hmm. But you can also look at your local um, like your city council, for example, your city council can approve whether or not a mosque is built in your neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember uh, I, I at least live in Blaine. And at that point, I remember the first time I went to my city council meeting was when there were, I mean, there were white supremacists mm. actually showing up because they didn't want a mosque to be built near us. And they had all of these excuses. There were, I mean, there were some people who straight up said, I hate Muslims and oh. I hate the Quran. And, <laughs> but Mm-hmm. That the city council members that spoke out in favor of the Muslim community, like that's what I remembered, and, and I, I had never thought of the importance of knowing who my city council members were, knowing who our mayors were, and at this point in my life, I mean, you can't not know. You have to know who those people are because they're making choices mm-hmm. that'll affect your day to day life. Maybe the Muslim mm-hmm. ban isn't affecting your day to day life right now, but whether or not there's a mosque in your neighborhood, yeah, it absolutely is, um, and I, I think that. Just thinking of like the macro versus the micro scale of how we are impacted um, is really important. And I don't know. What about like I? What, the other thing I think about is the state house and senate. Aisha, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, state house and senate makes a lot of local decisions for Minnesota residents, and I think that's really important to recognize. Um, I know, like in the last two years, I worked heavily on. Um, higher education. And so they were determining funding for colleges and what students should be able to receive in the Minnesota State Grant. 
And that could be um, depending on legislators that were in there who would be able to represent each institution could impact how much funding um, institutions received at the end of the day. And so that's when I really recognized the importance of my local legislators because they were having direct impact on my educational funding. Mm-hmm. And that is so much more important than what people like Trump were doing um, in office two years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. And even if we think about the bills, Lori, that we've talked about oh, over the past few yes. years since we've been here, I mean, if you think about the statute of limitations bill that we've been working on for three years now, we almost got it through this session. It went through the House, um, and it was being pushed to a Senate committee, and that's where it died. So senators mm-hmm. who are mostly, honestly, old yeah. white guys who don't mm-hmm. give I mean, don't give a hoot. There you go. I'm proud of you, Asma. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Don't give a hoot about this issue. Um, Showed that they showed that by saying, "Yep, we're not going to we're not going to hear this bill at all," and they didn't think it was important enough for them to to talk about, or they thought it was important enough for them to silence. And they got to make that choice Mm -hmm. because a couple Mm -hmm. thousand people did or didn't vote for them. A couple thousand. That's all it took. Mm-hmm. One of the things I, I most admire about your group is how you have encouraged and empowered um, more Islamic women to run for, for office and to be leaders. That's been amazing. Yeah. We, I mean, we, yeah. we, we ask folks to show up in local spaces and we never say mm-hmm. like, hey, you should run for office because you exist. It should be, hey, you've been showing up in mm-hmm. your local space for this long. You have a commitment to your community. Is this another kind of commitment you would like to make? Running for office mm-hmm. is not for everyone, right? It's not for everyone, but there are some people who over the past four years have shown up in ways that they never thought they would. And now they're so involved in their communities that everyone knows them from their mayor to the city clerks. And mm-hmm. those people who are known in their cities, I think should, they should take a stab at, at trying to see if this is something that makes sense for them because it really does make sense for our communities to have people that actually look like us for people who, um, I mean, show up for, for us to be there rather than people that we don't know at all. Right. Like who can, Mm -hmm. who can honestly say they know there's all of the city council members. Um, because I, I'm ashamed to admit that I don't. Um, Uh, I've shown up at a few of those council meetings that they know me. (laughs) I I certainly know most of them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just depends. Yeah. Like in Minneapolis, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I, in St. Paul, I'm good. Uh-huh. In Blaine, <laughs> not so much. So it's, it takes mm-hmm. it takes a lot of effort, though. And because these local politicians are, they are politicians, yeah. and they are going to make decisions about your life. Um, so we want Muslim mm-hmm. women to be represented there, and the best way to do that is to actually be in that room making decisions with them. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, one thing I would want to add on to that is that RISE also provides, like, the tools and the platform to help Muslim women run as well. I think that was something I recognized in my time with the organization is that we are setting Muslim women up to be successful in these roles and providing them the tools that they need at the end of the day to enter those spaces. And that's, I think, helping them and giving them and building the confidence needed to run for certain positions in their communities that they're engaging in. And we don't ditch people once they're done. I remember, I don't know if you remember Nadia, Lori, but Nadia won, um, you know, in St. Louis Park and she's now a city council member there and the youngest Muslim woman to do so, the youngest, I think, overall. Um, but we didn't leave her alone. We showed up at her inauguration. Like we, we've been connecting with her. We know what she's working on. So when you, when we set up Muslim Women for Success, we really say, we have your back. We're coming with you. Mm-hmm. And she's and inspirational. I mean, she's got yeah. energy and charm and dedication and and how wonderful it is to have uh, Islamic women leaders so that children of, you know, the Islamic families can look up and say, you look like me. I could do this. I can I can aspire to this as well. I mean, it's groundbreaking and yeah. and Humbling and exciting and and great to see. Yeah, representation is important. It's yes. crucial. Yes. 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 Humbling only in that it's sad that it has taken so long to create opportunities. And, and what do we need to keep doing mm-hmm. to create allyship to support that to happen? 
But I think we're seeing this more than ever now. We're seeing more immigrants and refugees and people of all different fates um, and like so many more black and brown folks running for office that it gives me that that's where I feel hope. So when people like when Aisha, when you're talking about feeling hopeless, remember that the same night that Orange Demon was elected, (laughs) that was the same night we elected some of the most incredible women of color to the state house Mm -hmm. in Minnesota. Yes. So mm-hmm. I know that and I remember that and that gives me hope because I know that's going to happen again. We're going to keep doing that. We're going to continue to to blow this out of the water and give them something to be angry about. <laughs> Always. Mm-hmm. Right. And with that, we should take a break and um, and thank our sponsors, uh, Clockwork, for supporting our show and all the other commercials that help make this show possible. Um, And thank you for listening. Thank you, uh, Connections Radio Show audience, for being a part of this and and voting. Voting and supporting others to vote as well. We'll be right back after just a few short commercials. Are you ready to join the revolution and make an impact? Are you looking for a way to invest in handmade stories created by artists in your local communities? Well, ACW, which stands for Art to Change the World, is presenting to you a new way we give called SWAP. SWAP stands for Stand with Artists Project. It is a registry where you can purchase from local artists who get 100% of the profits. I am Bianca Dawkins, ACW's new social media coordinator and game changer. ACW is a platform for all, and we want you to join the family. You can do that today for just only $10. My call to action... For you is to shift your thinking towards supporting anyone you deem a creative who is changing the world. Uplift those human stories and spread the love. Go to arttochangetheworld.org and follow us. That's arttochangetheworld.org. Finding the right lawyer is incredibly stressful. It can be tough to know even where to start. Don't just run an internet search for an attorney. Start with the Minnesota Lawyer Referral and Information Service, an enhanced program of the Hennepin and Ramsey County Bar Associations. They'll connect you with over 200 thoroughly vetted, qualified attorneys practicing in over 50 areas of law. Call 612-752-6699 or go to mnlawyerreferral.org. The right call for the right lawyer. Paid for by the committee to elect John Hoffman. It's been four years since you elected me as your state senator. These are tough times in Minnesota, yet we've seen communities come together. You sent a message to me to get away from bickering and finger-pointing and work together to get things done. I listened. Over 91% of my bills are bipartisan. It's an honor to serve the people of Brooklyn Park, Coon Rapids, and Champlin. Together, we showed we can get things done with common sense. Together, I ask for your continued support. Visit johnhoffmanmn.com. Paid for by the committee to elect John Hoffman. Do you feel locked in negative cycles? It is so easy to slip into autopilot and not even realize the role we play in getting stuck in unhealthy patterns. My name is Beatrice Adenuti, and in my book, Mindless Behaviors, Breaking Through Unseen Barriers... I discuss thought-provoking viewpoints on approaching problems. You'll learn to unblock areas of your life that feel cluttered and enhance the God within. Through exploring seven different stories through the lens of mindless behaviors, you'll discover that changing your life and the way you perceive it will basically give you the power to change it forever. Order your copy today at www.mindless-behaviors.com and click on the book buying link. And as a thank you, if you pre-order your copy by October 1st, you receive a special gift. Don't miss a chance to change your life for the better. Order your copy, Mindless Behaviors, Breaking Through Unseen Barriers today. Hey, I'm 950 Weather. I'm Patrick Lilia. Sunny and a high of 42 this afternoon. Then clear tonight and 34 for an overnight low. Save $1,000 or more on a new high-efficiency furnace during Standard Heating and Air Conditioning's Bundle Up for Savings Sale. Winter won't wait, and neither will these savings. Learn more about this limited-time deal at standardheating.com. Standard Heating, the comfort you deserve. Back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. Glad you joined the conversation. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And today we have our Connections community partner, the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment, um, as our co-producer 
and our co-hosts. So we have the advocacy director, Asma Mohammed, and we have Aisha Abdullahi, who is the civic engagement coordinator. Thank you both for being here today. Happy to be here, Lori. Thanks for having us. Oh, it's always a, a delight and a pleasure. And I know we ended our last segment talking about hope and how important hope is. And, and I'm with you. I, I, you might have gotten me up to 55% now. We'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. Don't worry. Hope is important. But we also have to – and this is part of where I get sad and I get fearful and I get have anxiety – is when I see the Islamophobia and mm-hmm. I see the suppression of votes and I see uh, a lot of – they don't they're not showing the love and i believe that our country needs to be based on love um and and being able to honor everyone as equal and the islamophobia is is upsetting to me yeah and i think Mm -hmm. i mean this happens every election cycle as muslims are thrown under the bus muslims immigrants black folks it's just it is it's constant but it happens every presidential election cycle i remember in 2015 when Trump had just started campaigning, he said things like, um, Islam hates us. And he mm-hmm. started, you know, talking, sharing this rhetoric that was really Islamophobic. And that was, um, part of why I, I so I experienced a hate crime in 2015 when mm-hmm. he was at the height of his campaign. And I know that it was because those kinds of words create environments in which hate is welcomed. It's okay. Um, and then people who are just as hateful know that they have community backing them up. So the Islamophobia is real. The anti-blackness is real. Like we're going to see more of that, um, you know, in presidential, like, as being presidential election years. But I mean, what can we, what can we do about it? Where, where else have you seen it? Aisha, have you, do you see that same trend of in presidential election years, Islamophobia is just like, not just a hot topic, but it's just on the rise? Um, for sure. And I just think it's the visibility that we experience, um, constantly being targeted by the media and harassed by current leadership really just impacts the Muslim, um, turnout in elections. Cause I mean, if somebody's attacking you constantly, what encourages you to get up and be like, I want to f- go out and either support this government or this in- like system. And so, at the end of the day, I think when it comes to the election, um, Trump really likes to use Muslim women in particular as kind of um, uh, a way to, yeah. to yeah, clickbait, clickbait mm-hmm. and target and just encourage disgusting actions. And that really impacts how Muslim women participate in elections and in government. I think it can be a really motivating factor for some. Like for me, it makes me so angry that it makes me want to show up more. And I know for other people, it feels like they don't want to be a part of the process. But I'm reminded Mm -hmm. of Ilhan any time that he attacks her, she goes even harder. She's like, nope. Mm -hmm. And I remember after the first time she got death threats because of him, I talked to her afterwards and I was like, are you okay? And she's like, I'm fine. She's like, we got this. Do not worry about me. She's like, we're okay. We're Mm going to be okay. And so that makes me feel like we need to we need to keep showing up. And I think in those moments when we're experiencing even more um, targeting of our communities is when they're so scared that they have nothing better to do, right? Mm-hmm. But there are real impacts as well. Lori, I don't know if you heard or saw um, that in, it was just reported by a couple of different journals that um, I think the Trump campaign was reaching out to ex-cops Yes. To tell them to show up and um, challenge people at the polls, so to protect the polls, quote unquote. And so these ex cops are going to show up, and who do you think they're going to target? Are they going right. to target the white guy in the old navy shirt? No, mm-hmm. they're going to target people like me and Aisha, who in their mm-hmm. jobs, and are are and mostly people who are visibly Muslim, right? People who are visibly different, and because Ilhan has been so visible, and because tar- I mean Trump's been targeting her. I think that we're going to see more targeting of Muslim women even on Election Day, which is scary. Well, the thing that also brings fear to me is let's say that the election um, fulfills our hopes and we have Mm -hmm. Biden and Harris in leadership. I am afraid of the day after that has been determined through January 20th. 
and the calling out to those same people that you were mentioning and the the Boogaloo Boys and the Proud uh, Boys, you know, what kind of unrest might we be facing even when we get through the election that we hope to have happen? There are still perhaps consequences that that I worry about. Yeah. I mean, he straight up told them to stand back and stand by. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. what do you what do you do with that information? And yeah. when you know that there are I mean, our police forces have been infiltrated by white supremacists for decades now. What do mm-hmm. you do when you know that there is nobody that's gonna come save you? So it has to really just be our communities protecting ourselves. And allies. Um, and allies yeah, step and step exactly. into the plate, you know, to yeah. make sure that Whatever we can do to say no, this is not right. No, yeah, we don't sure. accept this. No, this mm-hmm. is this is not something that we will tolerate or that we will accept. Aisha, I wish there was a national bystander intervention training. Yes, wouldn't there be? That, you need to you need to create that. You, I'm work. I'm going to work on it. I'm uh, there. That, good, <laughs> good. But you know, Aisha, you yeah. and I were talking a little bit earlier that there's a part of you yeah. that doesn't want to even give this oxygen. That. That it almost perpetuates by even bringing it up. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I think my biggest fear, and Asma, I don't know if you feel this way as well, but is the revenge mindset that some white supremacists might have. After the rioting and the protesting that happened um, following the death of George Floyd, I feel like white supremacists might take advantage of this election and be like, well, they did that in Trump's time. Um, here's a way that we can respond. And I think, as well, Laurie, as you mentioned, certain states have already began boarding up stores and businesses and things like that. And so this could be kind of like adding fuel to the fire in the future where somebody is going to be like, well, they are kind of expecting this from us. So we'll just produce what they're asking at the end of the day. I work with a lot of different restaurants um, through the Restaurant Association, and I know that there's um – there are fears in the restaurants as to however the election uh, gets mm-hmm. decided. Uh, wh- how will that show up uh, in the hospitality industry? Yeah, I mean, yeah. as, I mean, property can be replaced. People, people's lives cannot. Right. And that's mm-hmm. what I think that even through the protests, I didn't care about the buildings that were burning. I cared about the people and the pain mm-hmm. that people were feeling. Right. Like, we we can rebuild those buildings, but we cannot rebuild human life. And so yes. I think protecting people right now is the most important thing that we can do. Um, I know that there are some organizations. So if you if you're on Instagram or Facebook, if you look up Hold the Red Line, um, that's an organization that's been or coalition really of activists that have come together saying, in case, I mean, in there in I think three or four different scenarios. If these things happen, like if Trump wins, if Biden wins, if um, Trump refuses to leave office, if this happens, what can you do? And so these activists are planning, you know, like how to bring their communities together in order to mm-hmm. to survive over the next God knows how long. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, we, yeah. we have no idea what's going to happen. So we really, I think, yeah. need to keep staying in conversation with each other more than anything. Mm-hmm. I really advise the community just to stay vigilant as well. Yeah, um, This isn't a regular election, in my opinion. And so with that, I think it's important just to be aware of what could come and prepare ourselves um, for different outcomes. Yeah, And I, I think really what I've been telling people is, like, if you're going to go and vote in person early or not, do not go alone if you can help it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if yeah. you're a visibly Muslim person, black folks, brown folks, I, I really need us to, to be as vigilant as safe as we can. This is not me fear mongering. This is me just saying like, we, we need to stay alive. We need to stay healthy. We need to stay safe. And we also feel, I think, more hopeful and better when we are with people, um, who care about us and who care about protecting us. And mm-hmm. I think that's also when allies come in, Lori. Like, right. um, if you're, if you're concerned about, folks that you care about, you know, showing up to the polls alone, say, hey, um, do you need a ride? Do you need someone to come with you? And I think just showing up that act of asking before needing to be asked, right. um, I think is, is something that goes a really long way. I was just thinking that you read my mind how important it is, e- even if, you know, 
if there are police that are being recruited or former police that are being former recruited to keep an eye on, you know, what can we do to keep an eye on our friends? You know, what can we do to show that we care and that we, you know, we are a bridge to partner and to support and to give confidence that that we care about your vote and that we want your vote and that we are happy that you are voting and that we support voting. There, there needs to be a way that allies can show commitment and and I think that's an excellent way to come to the polls with them. Mm-hmm. What can you do? Physical, yeah, that physical intervention piece I think is – it goes such a long way. I, I can't express enough. I, there was a time when um, there was a white supremacist who was standing in front of me as I was giving an interview one time and he kept coming in front of me and kept like trying to um, – push push me away so the interviewer couldn't get me and a friend of mine who's this really really tall guy was like back up and the guy ran good for him (laughs) and i remember thinking like that is real bystander intervention yes because he put his body on the line to make sure i was safe from this other person and that's that's Mm -hmm. what we need right now we need people showing up in that way to say i will do whatever it takes to to keep you safe um, and if I feel like you're unsafe, I will step in. So let's talk some more about that in the next segment about bystander intervention and allyship, along with what we can expect from RISE in the next few months uh, as we are um, taking our next steps, as we, we live in hope and uh, live in dedication for good things to come. Uh, what are ways that we can continue not only to support individuals, but to support your group? So I look forward to that conversation. We'll be right back after just a few short commercials. Clockwork is an experienced design and technology agency, which means they help transform businesses around the globe by connecting people, processes, and technology. They bridge the gap between marketing and technology to put people at the heart of digital solutions, transforming how your customers interact with your brand. Clockworks Technology Consulting, Experience Design, and Software Development Expertise makes them a full-service digital partner to help you design your customer experience, build an app, or connect all of your digital properties into one seamless system. If you're in need of major tech updates but aren't sure where to start, they'll help you figure that out, too. To learn more about how they've helped other businesses make digital transformation less painful, visit clockwork.com slash radio. Clockwork. Digital done right. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for New Beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources. Even though these are challenging times, All Energy Solar is still committed to providing you a cost-effective, environmentally friendly energy system through their zero-contact protocol. Solar remains a great value and long-term investment, but some of the incentive programs will be expiring soon. All Energy Solar can walk you through the entire process. They can evaluate your property by phone or webinar and can even complete preliminary design work without visiting your home. So start saving on your energy bill today and visit allenergysolar.com. Are you ready to join the revolution and make an impact? Are you looking for a way to invest in handmade stories created by artists in your local communities? Well, ACW, which stands for Art to Change the World, is presenting to you a new way we give called SWAP. SWAP stands for Stand with Artist Project. It is a registry where you can purchase from local artists who get 100% of the profits. I am Bianca Dawkins, ACW's new social media coordinator and game changer. ACW is a platform for all, and we want you to join the family. You can do that today for just only $10. My call to action for you is to shift your thinking towards supporting anyone you deem a creative who is changing the world. Uplift those human stories and spread the love. Go to arttochangetheworld.org and follow us. That's arttochangetheworld.org.
Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Laurie Fitz, and we're talking about the election. It's only three days away. We have some wonderful co-hosts that are co-producers today. They are from the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment, the RISE Group. And Asma and uh, Aisha, you have been just delightful in being able to, you know, show the gamut of possibilities and help us think through what can we do, what is our voice, how can our voice continue. And in this segment, I'd really love to hear your thoughts on what do we need to do in the next few months? What is RISE doing in the next few months? I also want to do a shout out to Nashina, the first Muslim woman in Minnesota history elected to represent in the Electoral College. Yes, so excited about that. Congratulations, Nashina. We're very proud of you. Yeah, it's a a really big deal. It's a very big deal. I I am thrilled that she is representing Minnesota. I am thrilled that she helps to cast the vote um, for our future president. I I could not be more excited for her and and excited for Minnesota. Yeah, same. I think that we're seeing more representation, which makes me really happy. But we have – I mean we have so many things planned over the next several months, Lori, but I think this election has a lot to do with how things are going to go, but at the same time, it doesn't. Regardless of what happens, we're going to work to hold our electeds accountable. Um, we just, the other day, not the other day, like a week ago, we had a conversation with the um, Commissioner on Education for the Minnesota Department of Education, and um, mm-hmm. I had some of my students show up, and Aisha organized it, and it was it was a beautiful conversation about education, and you would think, like, a few weeks before the election, why are you talking about this? Well, because those appointed officials are just as important. They're making decisions about our lives and about our students' lives. Um, why shouldn't we be having conversations with them? So we're going to continue having what we call accountability roundtables over the next, I mean, we're going to do it as long as we need to, which will likely be forever. Right. Accountability <laughs> will always be important to us. Well, um, so that's something. And, yeah. and our, our country was, was founded on the idea of debate. And that it is through debate that good ideas come through, and 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 we need to get back to that. And I and I think we need to have healthy debate within the Democratic Party. Um, we have a lot of voices, a lot of different voices that are that that we all can work together, but have healthy debate. That it's okay to disagree, um, but to have a, a policy that we advocate and why. Yeah, and we. I mean, even though Rise is nonpartisan. Whenever we've asked, so we ask, you know, lots of elected officials to come. Unfortunately, we haven't ever had any Republicans say yes to joining us for accountability roundtables. Um, we hope that changes. We hope that people feel um, more committed to their communities because at the end of the day, that's what these accountability roundtables are about. If you're committed to your community, which includes Muslim women, you will show up and hear what we have to say. And, and you, you'll listen because it's your job to do so. Um, so I'm hoping that we see more of that. And then, of course, um, starting in January, we're going to have uh, – January to February, we're going to have the next legislative session. So mm-hmm. a lot of things are going to happen. Um, and depending on what happens on Tuesday night or possibly several weeks from now, because we probably won't know the election results for some time, um, we could have a different Senate and a different House. And I'm excited to see that. What about you, Aisha? Um, I think one thing that's super important is, like, continue the conversation with our legislators. Like, once, if we get the outcome we want, um, it's really important to not, to just continue being engaging, to continue engaging and working with them. Because I think a lot of times people are like, ooh, they, they're in, I'm going to sit back now. Like, my job is done. And that's definitely not the case. Um, it's figuring out how they will continue supporting you, how they will continue supporting Muslim women, immigrant communities, things like that. And then with this upcoming legislative session, it's a budget year. And so how are they going to be allocating funds to support these communities and things like that? And so it's really important to continue the conversation and to continue engaging with these legislators and holding them accountable because you got them into that office. So how can they continue serving you? I'm going to go even one step further and say, why not make a commitment to yourself right now, even before the election, that every one of us will at least once go to our city council? And oh, yeah. and, and right now, good. it's some of it's on <laughs> Zoom, right? So it's it's not like you even have to leave the house. Um, but pay attention, you know, find out what's going on 
you know, can can you can we all have at least one issue that we know that's being um, addressed at our at our, our city council? And what do we feel about that? And how do we share our voice at the city council level? I think it's a great challenge, Lori. And my next, I wanted to ask you. I know we don't have much time, but I wanted to ask you all um, about hope, like this this concept of hope that we keep coming back to. We have a few days before, you know, the election is over. The election's been going on for months now, or since August, or not August, what was it, September? It's been going on, though. <laughs> so early voting started a while ago. I got my, I think I got my ballot in the mail uh, at the end of September or something. And, um, but the election is over on Tuesday, and I want us to just remember that it's over, right? The offices are not open tomorrow on Sunday, but we have some time to make change. Um, but regardless, I think we, we need to make sure that we get out and vote. So who do, who do you get out and vote for? When you show up, who are you thinking of? Who are you doing this for? Aisha, do you want to go? Um, yeah, for sure. I think I go out and vote for um, Muslim women um, who, are in, who are running for office. I want to show my support where I can. And for this election, I was able to show support for um, Jamila Mamet running for school board. Um, she's a young, vibrant, um, woman who is stepping up to the plate at this point to fill in really big shoes. And I think with the role that a school board member plays in our children's education, our communities, um, like in the impact on the students' education and things like that, and the way that they might be able to participate in our community at the end of the day makes a huge impact. And so... I show up for the Muslim women on the ballot, and if I can do anything to help them get closer or one step forward, I think that is um, just joy to me. Thank you. What about you, Lori? For me, I'm at a point in my life where it's about legacy and it's about the next generation. And Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of our next generation that seem – to have so many good things going in terms of understanding and embracing and loving uh, a world that is diverse. And I want to make sure they know that that I support them. I show up for my nieces. I am really, really blessed to have five nieces. And they're all, they all drive me crazy. They're (laughs) so wild. But um, they're, they're these beautiful young Muslim girls who will grow into incredible and powerful Muslim women. So much. I want uh, to grow into incredible, powerful Muslim women, and I want to help create and foster a world in which they feel that they have power in a way that I didn't feel when I was their age. And with that, um, mm-hmm. we've got to say goodbye. Yeah. So get out and vote and think about who you're voting for and why. <laughs>